0: good morning jerry oh good morning john top of the morning to ya Mm -hmm. yeah hey it's time to do the show yeah
1: here we are showtime
0: it is showtime hey you know sometimes we have new listeners it's happened a couple times uh, so you know, I think I need to give a little orientation if if and pitch in here. Now, man. If,
1: I, uh, uh yeah, thank I'll, you. I'll jump in when asked to and
0: and also volunteer to do it. Also. Point number one. Point number one. We're actual brothers. You know, same mother, same father. My name's Jerry. <sighs> My name's John. Okay, there it is. He's the one with the deeper, more mature voice. Uh, I'm older. Uh, that's what he's saying. I get it. I'm an older. That- you know we're we're separated by two two years and two hours but if you're separated that, enough not enough though <laughs> uh, it, but it's really two years and two decades i would say yeah 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 I'm, the difference between 1946 and 1948 is telling it is buildings. a lot and i appreciate the compliment yeah yeah that's <laughs> a generational <laughs> divide just it's, it's the difference between uh, no LSD and LSD. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. That, that's it. That, that, hey, what, what, what are some of the yeah. things we do on this show, by the way? We do four things, John. I'm glad you asked that question. Thing number one, we have an animal story based on the season we're in. So we have a right. six-month season. We have an animal. It's almost like a mascot, but it's not. And it's you the an animal what? we these, feature.
1: These, these, these stories we have are sometimes mm. good.
0: And sometimes they're great. Oh, man. He had that in his hip pocket. I can't believe it. That's very good, John. Very good. Wow. Okay, second thing we have is a word. Very often something we run into during the research process, which is rigorous, I might add. Or let me, let me say that again. Which is rigorous.
1: Okay. Glad to see you're with the flow there. Good,
0: good, good. Yeah, getting with the program. Third thing we do is we have a two takes, otherwise known as sibling rivalry. I mean, no, it's not sibling rivalry, and it's not a competition; it's an exhibition, right? That's we new. have a, Yeah, we have two points of view on a topic. Sometimes those points of view are reinforcing and complementary, and sometimes a little different than that. Okay. Yeah. Last but not last but not least. We have two groaners. They're bad jokes. They're bad jokes. They come from a certain source. And this week we have, we're have we changing that up. We're changing up yeah, a little, up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, hey, uh,
1: source. Yeah. What are you wearing? Above I the belt, am, of course.
0: Of course, because this is, well, it's not a family show exactly, but it's we do try and keep it above the belt. Okay, I am wearing, for a very specific reason, I am wearing the Show, Year of the Tiger, uh, Season of Tiger T-shirt. Good for you. You? I am
1: wearing, and I am wearing uh, same theme, different type, different T-shirt. I'm wearing my Big Cat Rescue T-shirt from our sponsor. And I washed it, and it turned out amazingly, so so good. I mean, I feel so good about it afterwards. It's a before and after, and this is. As much, if not more, than I expected. It shrunk. It shrunk a, a, a lot more, which I needed for the show uh, to do, and it's tight, so I'm, I'm feeling good about it. So you I got, you got your t-shirts search, for, yeah. the oh, you for the show. You said for the
0: show. pet t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's one of our pet themes. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay. Very interesting. Hey,
1: what, what was yesterday, by the way? Oh, oh, no, we need to talk a little bit first about our sponsor, perhaps. Uh, Yeah, let's hit the sponsor then. Yeah, let's, let's go for it. Our sponsor is Big Cat Rescue. And Big Cat Rescue has, uh, is basically their mission is to, uh, find homes for abused big cats. And making sure that they have a safe uh, place to live, that's comfortable, et cetera. And they find these animals all over the place, and it's just amazing. There's so many of them out there because a lot of people think that you can get a big cat and that can be your best friend or your pet, whatever. They also do a little bit of work on uh, the caring, you know, trying to for the cause of uh, eliminating the extinction of, of big cats too. Now they're a five hundred one c three Met the test of time, been in existence since 1992. Nonprofit 501c3. And, uh, yeah, they just do some real good stuff. And,
0: uh, mm. yeah,
1: and they've got some swag. They got a lot of t shirts. You like you yours. Name it. You like it. Yeah. Like I mean, different okay. sizes, shapes, colors, uh, you know, different stuff on it. I particularly like the one that's got the cat that says, I am not a pet.
0: So that's like what that I'm too. wearing. I, well, I like it from afar. I don't have the privilege of wearing one yet. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. Maybe, maybe uh, some sort of listener might help me out there. So yeah. anyways, yeah. Okay, so, hey, you mentioned it a little earlier. I will just reinforce that yesterday was yesterday, Friday. International Tiger Day. Yesterday Friday was International Tiger Day, July 29. How did you figure that out? A very active, very uh, participating listener, Blondie, who who helps us in a lot of different ways with our show. Part-time,
1: I would say practically somewhere between part-time and full-time contributor.
0: She gets in on everything. We share our show sheets with her on Monday, right? We start. And she contributes sometimes during the week. And this was one of her contributions. And thank you, Blondie, very much for uh, pointing out that it is International Tiger Day yesterday. she And she sent it to me yesterday.
1: This week. And, you know, this is a story we've been kind of holding, thinking, you know, this is one that's so good, we, do, we want to really re- wait for the right time. And sure enough, we felt this week was the week to make it happen. Our Tiger story has to do with an advertising commercial icon by the name of Tony the Tiger. Uh, yeah. Tony has got a, a, a very, very interesting history. Uh, you know, you think being a, uh, an advertising icon like Tony, and back when we – this all started in the 50s, 1951. So when we look back at, uh, at advertising icons, we, we, look, we look to Tony at our age. While now Gecko, which we did uh, for yeah. the uh, Geico insurance, is something that's more modern. But let's yes, not forget is. Tony, because Tony has met the test of time. Tony is yeah. still hanging. Go to the grocery yeah. store, go to the cereal section, and you guess who you're going to find? You're going to find Tony the Tiger. Wow. So a little bit of history if It goes back to 1951. And to start out with, you think, well, it's easy to get a job at being Tony the Tiger. Not quite. Uh uh-uh, uh-uh. He had to go through a fierce competition that included Katie the Kangaroo, Elmo the Elephant, and sure enough, after a year, they finally decided it was a close battle between him and Katie the kangaroo. Tony wins and Tony then becomes, since uh, the early fifties, has become the, the, the symbol the, that we see with respect to a specific kind of uh, cereal, frosted flakes, uh, that the uh, Kellogg's company has put out. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a uh, his uh, slogan theme is, it's great and um wow musician, you can get a job yeah.
0: doing that you can get a job
1: well there's actually five people have done it i mean they've they, tony's outlasted them all and the other you know so he's had yeah. that bit of controversy uh
0: the whole the whole idea of controversy of, of don't get me started oh
1: yeah i mean he's also had the trademark issues because there's a certain Oil company that felt that they could have their own tiger an in, oil company his, that can't he, pilot a ship <laughs> <laughs> So, so hint, you've heard a expression hint. yeah, yeah, put a tiger in your tank uh, uh that that yeah. they they've had their battles between that company and and Kellogg, but it's it's all kind of worked out and the the other thing is that you know the cereal that togi uh, that tony uh pitches frosted flakes. Uh, yeah. used to not, it had a little – another descriptive word before, sugar-frosted flakes, yeah, and like they, caught a little, they caught a little heat yeah. because too much yeah. sugar on the flakes, and they felt yeah. that this was maybe not the, the kind of diet that kids ought to have. So they, they they didn't remove the sugar from the cereal, but they removed it from the name of the product. Yeah. <laughs> well, not only that,
0: but you know, they had a high-fat content too. And you know, uh, in other words, this stuff was so sweet and so rich. You know, if you want to, if you want to make a cake, just add an egg and a little baking soda, and you could have cake for breakfast. I mean, this stuff is. It's is not it really, really? Yeah. How, it's not,
1: how does not how pretty, does it really taste? Uh, fantastic.
0: I mean, really, you it's know good. what? It's really. It's good. so
1: good. It is so good that I. It can't, is. Ooh. I'm eating it. I can't help it. I'm what?
0: what? What? You're you're eating Frosted Flakes on the show. I can't yeah. believe
1: it. Oh, you pulled that. Beer. It, I'm not putting beer on these flakes, by the way. Okay? It just let audience know that. You like beer. He likes beer. Mm. Assume me,
0: I like beer. <laughs> yeah. Judge. But, wow. You, you pulled that one out. You really surprised me with that, John. So a I couple of things idea. that have happened that we ought to probably
1: mention. Tony, do you need the floss? Uh,
0: do you need the floss?
1: Are you okay? Not until I finish the whole bowl, and I'll save that for later in the show. Okay. All right. So um, Tony is uh, actually uh, begin developing a few human, human characteristics. Part of it they had to do physically to make him look like a macho athlete. So he's had some plastic surgery along the way. In addition, they felt the need to humanize him by giving him a – a, a, a certain nationality. So they made Tony the Tiger Italian. And yes, they did. And he's got uh, Papa Tony, Mama Tony, Tony Jr., etc. cetera.
0: And the other thing is – Hey, that hey, that hey. As hey a, no, don't forget Antoinette. Oh,
1: excuse yeah. me. Yes. That's
0: okay. That's right. Go ahead.
1: And then there's uh, the issue of as commercials become more technically proficient – we have Tony interacting in the commercials with live action so uh, so Tony's out there doing a lot of stuff
0: yes Yes, So,
1: yeah so and he continues to do it Uh, I would say that uh, you know as we've reached the age of uh, big time media and we've got Twitter he's also run into his challenges because he seems to attract uh, uh, an interesting (laughs) element of of society (laughs) yeah he does Who's the attraction? He uh, attracts uh, furries because let's face it, Tony is, looks like a real honk. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> we, yeah. we have a word. We have a word. What's the word? Our word is civil disobedience, which is kind of a contradiction as we take a look at it because civil and being disobeyed don't quite go together. Mm-hmm. However, at a, in history, we find that this is a, a, a sort of a deliberate action that, that's been taken. So here's the definition civil disobedience, the deliberate refusal of a citizen to obey laws or commands of an authority, usually the government, and willingness to accept the legal consequences of their action. And Ooh. this is uh, you know gone through history we find elements of this quite often Mahatma Gandhi is is probably the most publicized with respect to using this with this passive nature in order to basically free India from Britain. In the 50s and 60s, however, it became uh, a, a, a course of action taken by a civil rights activists. So here's my example. On December 1, 1955, Rosa Parks was arrested for civil disobedience when she refused to give up her seat on a bus to a white passenger. So uh, what she did was a very well, first thing you need a couple of elements. One is to do this on purpose. In other words, this isn't by accident that you're sitting in the wrong seat. She purposely realized that she was going to pull, run the consequences of doing that. Next is to actually get arrested. And number three is to accept in a very peaceful way the consequences of your behavior which might not only include being incarcerated but also could uh, you know imply or it can also be connected with a form of violence. So mm-hmm. this is the uh this kind of inter- this segues into a uh, into our uh, two takes.
0: A, it does very, it does very directly. Yes. So
1: our two takes is a movie and let me give a little just a little background on it. The name of the movie is Son of the South. It is a film, a film, uh, I guess if you're going to give it a bunch of descriptors, you would call it the American Biographical Historic Dramatic Film, based upon a biography of a fellow by the name of Bob Seller. Bob. Um, Bob. What about Bob? Well, Bob Seller. wrote a book called The Wrong Side of Murder Creek, a white southerners, uh in the freedom movement. And so a movie was made, it was, it was kind of under the radar. It yeah world premiered at a black film festival in late 2020 or August, 2020 with a general, but limited and limited as an overstatement release in February, 2021. I found the, the box office receipts for this movie at the theater where it was less than $50,000. So if you found it, you're, that, that was a miracle. That's a COVID um, thing, isn't it? That's COVID. Yeah, it? it's par- oh. it's COVID. But the good news is it's currently streaming on Prime Video, so you can go out there and get it, and for free if you're if you if you're a subscriber to Prime. So yeah. uh, Amazon Prime. So the movie uh, got good, fairly good ratings on IMDb from listeners, but was not well received. It also not uh, reviewed that much by film critics. Uh, okay let's let's talk a little bit about what the movie the setting when it happens so what happens okay. in Montgomery Alabama 1961 uh Bob is the son of a Methodist miniature minister who originally was in the Ku Klux Klan and yeah. decided that he just couldn't it just didn't fit him to be a part of that even though he's in the south and had a lot of pressure in fact family pressure his father granddad in the movie uh played by Brian Dennehy he disowns him uh yeah and so so, what happens is, though, it works well for Bob uh, Zeller, the, the the son of this Methodist minister. He ends up uh, just to, uh, going to, to school there in Montgomery, Alabama, at a college called Huntington College, all white. And in order, and here he is in his senior year, all ready to, to finish up, and he's got one research paper that he wants to work on. And he just has this natural inclination to his civil rights, human He believes in human rights, and he says, look, we got civil rights here. So he does a research paper on race relations, him and four Mm. other students. And what they decide to do is to get a little closer to the action. So rather than just reading about in the library, they decide what they're going to do is they're going to go to a black church there in Montgomery conduct to a service or an event conducted by Ralph Alb Abernathy and also Rosa Parks, which I just mentioned earlier. And they barely, as a result of this going to this event, escape being arrested uh but escaping arrest doesn't necessarily bring an end to that because they end up may- becoming a media event and the local citizens and the press etc and that college that is going to get all upset and almost expel Bob. Uh, yeah comes within you know weeks of graduating all of a sudden they say by the way uh we recommend that you leave right now
0: well he was yeah. able to weather that storm that's right, and so, we won't put you in jail. His
1: and Bob's intuitive uh, interest in, in civil rights uh, further is further sparked for him to get into other events at, uh, during the summer after he graduates. The, mm-hmm. the the one that's the biggest throughout the whole thing is an event that uh, is done by what's called the Freedom Riders. It, this mm-hmm. is and what the Freedom Riders are a, a group of civil rights activists who decided to ride interstate buses like Greyhound intersegregated southern uh, parts in, into various cities during 1961 in an effort to challenge the non-reinforcement of a Supreme Court decision that banned racial discrimination in interstate travel. So yeah. uh, these these southern states, despite what the Supreme Court told them to do, were still saying buses segregated, bus depots segregated, all this good stuff. Diners, et cetera. He, it's just a coincidence, kind of a coincidental thing, that he is getting involved in this at the same time these Freedom Riders are coming through Montgomery. And sure enough, he just, he, he's got to get involved. Now, he's kind of been piqued, his interest has been peaked by several other events. But mm. he ends up getting right in the middle and assisting some of the passengers who are interacting with some of the, uh, the, the mob. And through that, he he has several different relationships that are going to be meaningful for him the rest of his life. One of them is a meeting on that a passenger on that bus, happens to be John Lewis. Now John Lewis is a pretty, one of the well-known civil rights activists who later becomes a, a member of the House of Representatives uh, through a the mm-hmm. district, a congressional district in, in Georgia. He just passed away a couple years ago so he's a very, yeah. very well-known guy. The but in addition to, to that, he runs into a, a black woman uh, a professor who is a fictional character in the book. And she's only referred to by her, her first name, Joanne. And probably to take a look at this, this it, it is, she's got the, the second role that's really strong with, within it. Uh, so he assists the passengers. And before he knows it, he is in the middle of it. He's in the thick of it. And he decides he wants to do more. More for him is to volunteer. The volunteer become uh, a secretary for the, the Student Nonviolent violent, uh, Coordinating Committee, commonly referred to as SNCC. So That's SNCC right. SNCC is this committee, and he becomes the first white field secretary in Atlanta. Sure enough, this, this woman that he has already met and is kind of is meant, is a mental challenge for him, because this lady knows five languages, she's an assistant professor and has had a, a, a lot of schooling up north. He meets up with her there, and what at first appears to be a very boring job to him, as he answers phone, he realizes that he is taking messages for some of the top civil rights activists in the day, and yeah. um, and what's really cool is he's confronted with 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 really a lot of friction on both sides. Yeah, he is. the whites don't 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 like what he's doing, and they give him a lot of crap for it. And number two. The blacks that notice what he's doing are very suspicious to the extent that they really put him through the test. At this part in the movie, it's where we learn about what SNIT does and how organized it is. Oh, and some of wow. the training.
0: The training is incredible. Maybe you can kind of give a little bit yeah. of that. Uh, that. This is what struck me. There's a lot of great things about this film. Uh, but the thing that really, really caught my attention was – We grew up during this era and we would see the video or, you know, the television footage of people being dragged out of diners, black people being dragged out of diners and, you know, being insulted, yelled at, condiments poured on them, all this stuff. And I remember seeing it and thinking, those poor people, that's terrible and all that stuff. And, you know, they stage it. So it looks like it just happened. But you know what? They trained. They trained these people how to be nonviolent resistors. Yes. So you resist the law. You kind of violate, you violate it. But you do not offer any opposition, verbal or physical. And in order to be in that diner, you had to pass the nonviolence training course that SNCC held. And yes. that included a bunch of seasoned SNCC veterans pouring condiments on you, sugar, mustard, Ketchup, creamer, all that stuff on your head, your body, your clothes, shouting at you, racial epithets, the whole works, and you had to get through that without blowing up. Yeah, and uh, it, it was really eye-opening to watch a little bit of that training. And you know, we're kind of like Bob watching this, you know, and yeah. he was stunned also, and he was also stunned about Rosa Parks when he met her the, for the first time. Uh, yeah. She she uh she is she was a very demure, kind of nice, dignified lady and uh he and his fiance at the time were having dinner with them and, and they thought that she was an innocent victim, that it just happened to her. And she said, You think that if you want to, but <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> she says, You know, you you mean you planned that? Well, I, we all planned on someone doing that. We didn't know who it would be because you yeah. have to wait for the situation. You can't incite it. You have It's a passive thing, so it has to happen to you. So I got all kinds of insights watching this movie on what was really going on, and it's much more profound than I thought it was. And they gave full credit, uh, Gandhi, for uh, his work right. in India and in, in becoming free from England without firing a bullet or gun. Pretty cool, yeah it's and, you know, cool. The thing
1: is, yeah, and the the thing is that uh what appears to be boring then escalates towards the end of the the movie in on this i I would call this if if I was thinking about what we as college in college, we'd often have to do a a, a paper on what I did over the summer <laughs> this this is an example <laughs> this guy he obviously made it into a book, but what happens that's kind of interesting is those phone calls he gets all of a sudden is heightened by the fact that he gets into the action. And part of the action is where they have to go to McComb, Mississippi, where there's a, a guy by the name of Herbert Lee, who is fairly well known. Uh, a lot of these people in the movie, uh, you don't know them, but you find out their are entries. So they are pretty well known in the day. And, and if you knew the movement, you would know them. He ends up getting killed. But during this whole process of going there, he then is, uh, Bob is confronted with with not only mob people, but some of the people that actually know him as being a white Southerner. So yeah. he, is, he is carted off. Looks like he's going to be lynched. But then there is a question about, well, you know what? If we were hanging a, a guy, a commie coming from the North, we could get away with it for sure. But they start arguing about whether, well, wait a minute, he's a white Southerner. He's got a family that's got a, a grandfather played by, like I said, Brian Dennehy, who is right now currently in the Ku Klux Klan. We could possibly get in trouble. His father's, and, a his father's a minister. Father's
0: a minister, and
1: his father's a minister, even though, and he's and he's not. And that, that's another thing. So yeah. by the end of the movie, you get the point that he's, he, you know, he's almost lynched, and that's sort of a climax. But as the movie ends, he he's always been struggling with throughout it and he finally you see is, is turned the corner do i want to pursue something outside the movement or not and he had gone to college up north and and, and looked like he might be going his, his degree was in sociology that route but the, the black woman that he befriended and also had a romantic relationship uh it convinces him that bob this is your this is your mission in life and sure enough that's what he's been doing ever since so, ever since
0: he got arrested eighteen times, yeah suffered, so, uh, suffered serious physical injuries,
1: so we can't go through all the personalities that are in the no, movie, we but can't, we, we that's, can't. it's not there's a lot of good, interesting people that are real life, and you look up their background and say, "Holy mackerel, I didn't realize they did all that. The other thing is this play this is not really has doesn't have a lot of stars in it. Uh, the fellow that plays no. uh Bob is a fellow by the name of Lucas Till who he ended up, he was a child star, and and then he decided, you know what, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to get out of the entertainment industry and lead a normal life and went to college and high school. And he did have an interest in theater, so he bounced back and does a real good job. Uh, And like I said, the other people that you might know, like uh, Cedric the Entertainer, who I think he's a comedian, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's a comedian. He does a very good job playing Reverend Ralph Abernathy at that, that original yeah. Black Church in Montgomery. So, Correct. Yeah, I give it a thumbs up. It's a small movie. A lot of it and every review. It's amazing. I read all these reviews and they say, well, it was good. This, this and this. And then it starts complaining about what it isn't. Yeah. Concentrate on what it is. Yeah. That's the way I look at it and it's good. It, it, it's, it's, it opens your eyes a little bit. It gives you an idea of how things were back then and how maybe it can relate to what are some of our situations right now. Our growners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. We have our guest grown, uh, growner, uh, participant this week. That happens to be, uh, the producer, my brother. And well, if you want me to go. That's go me. Either That's way me, by it. the way. Yeah. You yeah, start. I you understand. start. You start. Okay. 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 Here's my groaner. Where do you go to buy just a couple of chess pieces? Where do you go to buy just a couple of chess pieces?
0: Chesapeake Bay. Oh, Chesapeake that's interesting.
1: Bay. Oh, that, you know, your, your, your answer is just uh, there's a more obvious answer. Punch up.
0: Punch up. Oh, my God. That is so corny. That is so bad. It's good. All right. Let's turn the tables. Turn the tables. Okay. okay. The chess table.
1: I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the pressure.
0: Why can you never trust an atom? Why can you never trust an atom? Because it always splits. (laughs) That's a good answer, actually. But there's another there's another answer to this question. Why can you never trust an atom? They make up everything. Oh, I like it. I like it.